All righty, that was great, wasn't it? Thank you, Lord, for these young people that are changing the world. So, mm, that was really good. And that worship was really good, too, wasn't it? The offering was great. Corey did a good job on announcements. And I don't really want to preach. Hey, you know, um, last month, I really want to encourage you, if, if you were not here any of last month, go to the website. There's three amazing messages on the website. The three best messages that were preached at River Life all year long, I felt. There's one on hope. There's one on answering life's persistent questions. <laughs> and there's one on the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So I feel like they were all really profound words, really, for me. And I just thought, man, that was a great plan, Lord, that you came up with. To, that way I wouldn't have to do anything. I, in fact, I did that little thing at Christmas, and I thought, I'm not doing this no more. I'm thinking I'm going to every December get some amazing preachers in here to impart something to me. Because I feel like I really received a lot of impartation last month from all the message, so I appreciate the guys that preached that are here today. Amen? Amen. So, you know, you're supposed to have a, a message about the new year. You know, I've never really been good at that, to be honest with you. I look, went back and looked at some of my New Year's messages in the past, and they were always wrong. You know, <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've never had that happen to you. You give this word, and never, nothing, nothing happens like you think. That's why one uh, very prominent pro- prophetic guy told me that he was never doing that no more because his words never came true. But I figured out why they don't come true. It's because words are, are seeds, and uh, there's potential in them, okay? But God really has not called us. He's called us to cooperate with him and help. Uh, create the word, help make the word come to pass. And so God can give you a word and doesn't mean it's going to happen in your life. Did you know that? A lot of people get discouraged about that uh, because when things just don't automatically happen, um, you know, that's just not the way the kingdom of God works. I hate to tell you that, and it's not in the Bible either, just in case you read the Bible. Okay? So I'm going to read this. The bad thing about not preaching a lot when you feel like God's giving you a calling to communicate is you get too much to say. And uh, you're get, I'm getting messages. It's from Becky. She's telling me to shut up and go on. <laughs> That's bad, isn't it? I'm going to read this. I got two things I want to do. I'm going to go on and do this, and Lord help me. I'm going to read this out of Jude, first of all. It says in verse 1 of Jude, he's a bondservant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. That's Jesus' brother too, by the way. That's James, you know, brother of Jesus. To those, who are called, to those who are called sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ, mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Isn't that beautiful? Mercy. So that's my first declaration for for 2016, that God is going to multiply mercy, peace, and love to us. And I really can say that without doubt because God has already been doing that. And that is something that God wants to keep doing, is He wants His people to experience mercy, peace, and love. So I believe that's going to really happen for you this year. Dear friends... Although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt compelled to write and urge you to contend for the faith. Everybody say, contend for the faith. That's a powerful word. A lot of people have been contending for the faith um, in the past few years. Uh, The faith that was once and for all entrusted to God's holy people. In other words, God's entrusted faith to us. And there's a time uh, where you have to contend in life. And I think that's what a lot of us have done in our lives. We've had to contend for some things. In other words, we have went after some things, and it's been it's been difficult. It's been it's been it's been a turbulent time. It's been a trying time in a lot of people's lives. 
And it's almost the way I'd like to describe it. It's like trying to roll a thousand pound boulder up a hill. And you're rolling, you're trying your best to get that thing up there. And every little bit of progress you make, it seems like it comes back at you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And, that's, and so a lot of times when we contend, what we, we don't get what we're contending for. We don't see it. But we do, there is something that does happen to us. And we become stronger when the 200-pound boulder, we need to roll up the hill. Y'all understand what I'm saying to you? Is God puts something in people that contend. God puts something in people who contend. There's something that gets released to you and I when we don't just lay down and give up and become discouraged. Okay? And there's a lot of people who've gone through a lot of stuff. And like another famous prophetic person said one time, if you are here this morning... You have, you're an overcomer. You've overcome something. You didn't give up. You didn't quit. And I think that's what people, how people need to begin to see their lives is, is you may have experienced defeat in your life. You have may have experienced loss in your life. But you're here today believing God somewhere in your heart and going after God in somewhere in your heart. So you, you've contended and God's going to release something to you. God's going to multiply not only peace and love and his grace to you, he's going to release an anointing to you. I believe there's some people that's going to get an anointing. You know what? That's how uh, people are helped. It's the anointing. The Bible says the anointing destroys the yoke. That's how God works. He works through the anointing. Okay? And when people go through stuff, they don't realize it. You may feel unanointed. You may feel like your prayers are not being answered. But there's an anointing that's getting worked inside of you. And that anointing is going to get released. I believe God's going to release a mighty anointing on people. Amen? And then at the end of this chapter in Jude, it says, But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. I think he's sort of given us some information on how to contend. And one of them is, is, the, is well, it's just the Bible. Okay, that's, remember the words. Those were written down words. And so one of the ways we're able to, to contend in life is through uh, the Bible, through the Scriptures, and through making the Scriptures a part of, a part of your life. And so I, I really want to encourage people this morning uh, to make the Scriptures a part of your life. If you're a Christian and you're not reading the Bible, raise your hand and I will throw the microphone at you <laughs> just so you'll get hit and you'll remember that's a, not a wise thing to do because the Bible was given to us to be able to enjoy the Bible, enjoy the God of the Bible, and find out about Him so when we have these encounters with Him, we'll know it's in the Bible somehow. Amen? Then he goes on in verse 20, he says, he says this again, but you, beloved, building yourself on the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Don't you love that now? Come on. That's another thing you and I should be doing often and a lot is praying in the Holy Ghost. Uh, it said spirit there, but that's a white person's translation. Because I heard a black preacher one time say, there's Holy Spirit Christian, there's Holy Ghost Christians. And he says, you can tell the difference. And he said, most, most, uh, most white people are Holy Spirit Christian, and most black people are Holy Ghost Christians. And I thought, you know, I should have been a black person because I'm, I consider myself to be Holy Ghost. Okay. But I think praying in tongues is a very powerful thing to do. And I really encourage you to pray in tongues. If you can't pray in tongues, don't, don't uh, disdain that gift. Get the gift. It's a free gift from God. God, and it, it will build you up. Uh, it, it will help you. That's, that's what it says. It will build you up in your faith. And then it's, the next thing it says, keep yourselves in the love of God. That's another way we contend is, is not believing the lies that the devil is telling people and not believing bad things about God, but believing Him and staying with Him and, and accepting His love even when it doesn't feel like you're being loved. That's, that's a powerful way to stay in faith because faith works through love. Faith won't work without love. That's what Galatians 5, 6, it says faith works through love. If we're not keeping ourselves in the love of God, how can we expect to be people of faith? That's why love is, is an emphasis 
all through the Bible so people can begin to operate in their faith. And then it says, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. That means always look for mercy. That means always pursue mercy in your life and make mercy a big part of your life, not only for yourself when you fall and falter and do bad things, but for other people. Show mercy to people. Have mercy on people when they don't act right and do right. And then he says, have compassion. Uh, some have compassion. Make it a distinction. But others save with fear. In other words, some, it ain't time. They're going down. You've got to do something radical. Compassion is the love of God in action. That's what it is. And, and God wants us to love people and let this love that he's put in us out. That's what he wants us to do. That's, and so pulling them out of fire, that's, I can see how evangelists do this on a regular basis, is helping people get out of the fire of hell. Amen? So that's kind of a thing. And, you know, the book of Jude is really about the times we live in. And I've just gave you the end, beginning of it and the end of it, and you can read the rest of it. I think it's a really important book for us in America and in the world today. And so I believe if we would contend for our faith by, by doing these things, by putting ourselves in, see, this is, well, this is my opinion. This is how we deal with all that's going on in the world. As we contend for the faith, we have a life in the scripture. We, have, we pray in tongues often. We keep ourselves in the love of God. We give lo- the love of God away. That's the practical biblical answer for all the hell that was going on that Jude wrote about. That was his answer. That's the biblical answer for the time we live in. It's not all this other stuff that we consume ourselves with. God is looking for a people who will align themselves with Him. And when we align ourselves with God, things start happening. I feel a little feisty today. But I'll tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. This is one thing God told me. He told me this. He said, I'm concerned about weak people. God told me, He said, I am concerned about weak people. Okay? I'm concerned. If you go back to Isaiah 61, which I believe is a chapter for this church, it talks about the anointing, and then it talks about hurting people. And it says that's what the anointing is for. It's for those people who are hurting. It's for the sick. It's for the beat up. It's for the defeated. That's what it says. That's, it's why Jesus said, that's why I have this anointing on me. It's for all you hurting people in this world. This anointing is for you guys. It's not for me to enjoy just for myself. It's for you. The anointing destroys the yokes off in people. And God wants to release that anointing on us because people need God's help. And if you're a weak person today, God is concerned about you in any area of your life. It is not this business of get up and get with the program. That's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible says, I will get down with you. I will get down on your level and help you if you'll let me. That's, we sang that. We said God found us in our dust. And we just reached out. We put our hands up and God grabbed us. God's concerned to do that. I have a lot of empathy for weak people because I have spent the past several years of my life in the worst weakness I've ever had. And many of you have. Many of you have felt weak. You have felt like you couldn't do it. God empathizes with that. God feels that. And God wants to meet people in their greatest weakness. I think that's really important for us to know. Now, can I just change gears a little bit for a moment? Are y'all good? So I was thinking about where I was at last year at this time spiritually. Anybody did that? Raise your hand if you just thought, well, where have I been the last year? And uh, I was thinking about all that and realizing that God has done something in my life this year, this past year in 2015. God did something for me. Because I was very, last year at this time, when I compare myself to where I was at, 
I'm in a completely different place. And I'm in a different place because God helped me. Because God met me. Because God revealed himself to me. And God began to show me things. And one of the things that God did for me is he came to me and revealed to me his love to me. He revealed his love in a fresh, new way in my heart. And that, was, that meant everything to me, how God came to me. He came down low to where I was at and met me in a most unexpected way with his, just his love. And he talked to me about the power of his love and about how his love really does never fail. That that's the thing that's going to carry you all the way through eternity is the love of God. And God restored me in his love. He restored me in his love. God wants to restore people and let, him, let us know that he's a father who loves us. He dearly loves us. He deeply loves us. I deeply love my grandchildren. I can't even look at pictures of them without getting all weird feeling. Like, oh, gosh. I love, I, that's why I like to open up my computer, my iPad, my phone. I got pictures on them, the homepage. I always look at them because they're, they're the most lovely thing in the world to me. But God looks at us even with a much greater love, a much greater love. And he wants you to know today how much he loves you. He wants to make it real. He don't want to make it into a theology or a principle. He wants to make it into an experience. He wants to encounter you with his love. And when you encounter the love of God, you have touched God himself because God is love. And that's what he wants people to do. He wants us to touch his love and feel his love and know his love and not feel all that other stuff. Another thing that the Lord did for me I'm just telling you some of my personal testimony here um, is hope. Back in the fall sometime, God began to restore biblical hope into my heart. I mean, where I began to look at the future different than I had been looking at it. I had been thinking about for a few years about what am I going to do with my life, what am I going to do? I'm getting old. What am I going to do? You know, and I couldn't figure out what to do because that was not a conversation God was having with me. Because God was not looking at my life the way I was looking at it, and He began to show me that God has this eternal hope in His heart towards us, that's flowing in His heart like a river all the time. And whenever he looks at our life, he sees the potential of our life and what could be in our life and what can be in our life. And he began to share possibilities with me about my life going forward. The possibilities in him that he wants me to, to be able to enjoy and embrace. And it began to give me hope again for what he's called me and the things that I felt like I had lost. The dreams, I felt like I had lost the vision, the things that I wanted to see accomplished in my lifetime. I felt like God began to bring them back to me. He began to resurrect stuff in my heart that I had buried and, and given it a proper funeral and stuck a, a tombstone and, and marked the day that it's dead and goodbye and good riddance to the carcass. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? But God said, I'll never bury it. You can bear it, but it's still alive. Yeah. Deep down in the, the, your heart. And he began to rip away all this hopelessness and discouragement and defeat that I felt. And show me. I don't know why I'm telling you all all this. I want meaning to. Because I believe God wants people to hope. I believe he wants people to hope in him. That's what I believe God wants. Well, we can't hope in America, but we can hope in God. We can't hope in the government, but we can hope in His kingdom. We really can. And no matter what happens, we can hope in Him. Because when you have hope, you have a power. Because hope's eternal. It's an eternal flame that burns. It'll never go out, the Bible says. It says it will never go out. Heaven is nothing but a hopeful place. That's all it is, is a hopeful place. And God wants us to experience that hope. And I pray that for you. 
this morning. And the other thing the Lord uh, renewed me in was his manifest presence. His manifest presence. Because that's the most important thing in our lives is the presence of God. And we've lived with that. But we've walked through some days. We've walked through some hours. We've walked through some moments where it didn't seem like the presence of God was there. Right? It felt opposite. It felt like the, the hordes of hell were there. It felt like we were beat. It felt like we were defeated. But God was there. Because he don't never leave. But sometimes we don't experience that presence. Sometimes we don't experience that love. Sometimes we don't experience that hope. But it's always there. It's always flowing in God. It's always flowing in Him. I wanted to read this. Isaiah 55 verse 12. Are you okay? This is a powerful verse here because I've been asking the Lord a lot about living by His presence. Does anybody think about that? How do you live by the presence of God? What does that look like on a practice? Well, you could say one thing at church, but, you know, you only spend a couple hours a week at church, you know. What are you going to do the rest of your week, the rest of your life? You know, I mean, that's the thing. And this Isaiah 55, 12 says, you shall go out with joy. Isn't that powerful? That's, that's what it looks like. And, and be led, led out with peace. That's what living by the presence of God looks like. It's, it's, it's a life of joy and it's a life of peace. It's, it's letting the peace of God rule in your heart. And that's how God wants to lead us and be with us and let us know we're, He's with us day in and out. His presence is with us all the time. It's with joy and peace. And that's why I feel like God's been talking to us about joy. Because God is a God of joy, and it says the Bible says in His presence is joy, fullness of joy. And He's our chief joy. And then it says the mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you. And the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Now, I've been thinking about that. I suppose in the spirit realm, that's what really happens when a person is walking in joy and peace in the presence of God. That trees are literally, something's happening in creation. Right? Something's happening in creation because the Bible tells us the creation's moaning for something. It's groaning. Romans 8. It's groaning for this manifestation of people who are not led by a bunch of principles and rules but led by the presence of God because anybody can live by principle if you're strong. Now, I want you to get this. If you're a strong Christian this morning, you can have all these principles to do and do it and make it happen. But if you're a weak Christian, you can't do it. You need something else. And that's the truth. If you're a weak person, you need something else. You don't need a bunch of principles because they won't work for you when you're weak. When you're beat down and you're discouraged, for somebody to come tell you if you would just do this and this and this, everything would be okay, is not the truth. What you need is you need God. You need the presence of God to come and help you. Now, I'm into the principles and, and things that we're supposed to do. I believe it's right, but I'm more into God's presence. I'm more into letting God lead me than trying to live my life by a bunch of things I need to be doing and not doing. Because when you let God lead you, which the Bible teaches us, it doesn't teach us to live by principle. It teaches us to live by His presence. It teaches us to, you know, be led by the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible teaches. Are y'all okay? I hope this is okay. So if you're strong today, you're living by, you can live by principles. But let me tell you something. If you're strong, the day's coming when you're going to be weak. The day's coming there's going to be a boulder in your life that you can't move, that you're going to push and push on. The person you're praying for is going to probably die. That's the day when, when you feel weak and when you've done everything to keep them alive and then they pass. That's a weak day. You get enough of that in your life, you'll feel real, real weak and real broken for a while. And that's when you really find that you really need God. And some people run away from God in those places. But God's calling us to run to Him in those places. Some people get mad at God when God is saying, No, listen, I'm here to help you. I'm here to help you. In this world, we're always going to have difficulties and sorrow. There's always going to be trouble. 
let's just face that. That's the way it is in this fallen world. But we have a God who's bigger than this world. And we have something bigger and greater that wants to come and help us. Has anybody gone to sleep yet? So, I think last year, I'm talking about 215 still, by the way. We did experience a restoration of things in measure. Okay, in measure. We, we experienced a, a restoration of the presence of God in the church. We experienced a, a measure of vision, of dreams, of hope, of love. All that came to us last year. It really did. I mean, God really blessed us last year. We, we had an amazing year. We had a financial restoration. Because we know, a lot of y'all don't know this, but the church went through a terrible few years financially. I mean, it was sweating bullets, you know, hoping we was going to make it. You know, I don't know about you, but somebody has to pay the electric bill. And if you're the person responsible for getting that electric bill paid and there ain't enough money, you start sweating bullets because you might not be having electricity on. That gets old after a while, doesn't it? I don't care how you can say, where's your faith at? Well, where's your faith at? Don't you ask me to have faith when you don't have no money. Anybody can have faith when their bank account's full. But your real faith is going to be touching when there ain't no money there. Now, that's really the truth. I don't really want to hear this strong talk. Here's some weak talk. Here's weak talk. I don't have any money to pay the electric bill, and I need some electricity. And, God, I'm worried. I'm concerned. I need help here. You'll find God in those places. And I've seen some relationships get restored, and I've seen some ministry get restored, and I've seen some anointing get restored. Y'all talk, that's some things that God did last year. But last year's over with, thank God, right? And we are in a new year, okay? And God has new things He wants to do for us this year. I wanted to read this John 16, verse 13 through 15. This message just feels like all over the road, but I'm, I'm sorry. It's just, it's just, it is what it is. If you want to go listen to a good message, go back and listen to one of those messages in December. <laughs> It says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you. Listen, he will tell you what is yet to come. The Holy Spirit will tell you something. We can't predict the future. And people who are out there doing it are not doing us right. I don't believe that we should be trying to predict the future. I believe we need to be hearing the Holy Spirit and what He's revealing. Yeah, big difference. And most people will tell you, even secular people will tell you that people who study trends and stuff, most of them are wrong. These are people who study this stuff. This is what the future is going to look like. This is what 216 is going to look like. And they'll say, well, I don't know why it's wrong. It never works. It should have. But spiritually, predicting the future is not wise, but getting a revelation from the Holy Spirit is really wise. So we're not called to predict. We are called to receive revelation, though. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father. All that belongs to the Father's mind. That's why I said the Spirit will receive from me and he will make it known to you. The Holy Spirit knows what the future is. Okay? And he wants to reveal things to people about the future. Okay, and so that's how we're able to look into the future. And we all get glimpses of the future, I believe. Sometimes people are aware of them, some are not. But there is a glimpse of the future that God wants to give us. Okay, not so that we can prepare for it. The Bible says in John 14, 29, that God reveals these things so that we can have faith. That's what it says. So that we can have faith. So our faith will be activated so we could have faith towards the things that God wants to do. So we could work with God to bring forth the things that God wants to bring forth on the earth. It doesn't say, I'm going to reveal the future so you can prepare for it. Jesus didn't say that. John, look at John 14, 29. He did not say that. He said, I'm going to show you these things so you can have faith. That's what Jesus said. Now, So we can either line our lives up with that kind of thinking or some other thing. And oh God show me this. I got to do these things. You know to, to help me be prepared for this terrible future. That may be coming to pass. Are y'all alright? Yeah. 
Am I being too kind of crazy here? Yeah, Becky really gave a great word last week on the Holy Spirit River. How many people remember that? I was thinking that was the first bread from heaven about the Holy Spirit River that I heard in two years. It made me want to weep because I've wanted God to speak to us about that river that's here. But it, that, but it wasn't just somebody talking about it. It was real. It was from God. It had God's breath on it. And I'm here to tell you that's something God wants to release in a fresh way to people is His Spirit. He wants the Spirit of God to come on people. He wants to move in the church. He wants to touch people. When God brings fresh bread on something, somebody's saying we better pay attention. When He talked about hope, a few weeks ago, we better pay attention because there was bread, there was life on that word. When he talks about these unanswerable things that come to us, we need to pay attention because there was life on that. And when God breathes life on something, he's trying to tell us something. He's trying to get our attention to help us. That's what I think. So... I wanted to read this one, Colossians 2.2. 2. It comes from the Passion Translation. Anybody know, y'all know about the Passion Translation? Anybody got that? Raise your hand if you got that. Well, y'all, what's wrong with y'all? Get that thing. It's really good. I love it. It's my ult- In fact, I'm bummed when I find it. It's not finished yet. So you had to buy it book by book. I'm always bummed when I'm reading and go, go to the next book and... And it's not been translated yet. It's a working process. I love it so much. A lot of it in the New Testament, there's some, the Proverbs, the Psalms, you know, Matthew. I don't think Mark is. I don't know. Romans has recently been released. It's powerful. But this is what he said in Colossians 2.2. The certainty of your faith, the certainty of your faith will give you access to all the riches of God as you experience the revelation of God's great mystery, Christ unveiled within you. Isn't that beautiful? The certainty of your faith will give you access to all the riches of God. The certainty of your faith will give you access to all the riches of God. God is going to release faith people God's going to release faith and it's going to give us access to all the riches of God God is God's not a rich man who just wants to hold on to his riches he's a rich man looking for people who will access those riches I want to tell you something about a dream well this is something that happened to me years ago and this was actually in a meeting here in church. And the Lord was really moving powerfully. I had this amazing vision. And the vision was this. I was standing before this big southern mansion. Just a big white southern mansion house kind of deal. And I just, in this vision, I went up to the door of the mansion and as I got to the door, the door opened and a man, like, sort of like a butler would be, said to me, we have been waiting on you. And he led me into the, to the mansion and he pointed me to a room off to the side, which was like a den. In the den was this big, huge fireplace. And there was these two green, back, green wing-back chairs sitting in front of the fireplace. And there was a man sitting in one of the chairs. And the man said, have a seat. I never saw the man. And he said to me, all of this is yours. And then the vision ended. Well, have you ever had some kind of revelation like that from the Lord and you think suddenly everything in your life's going to change? <laughs> suddenly you're going to have a white southern matching. Right, everybody follows that trap, right? I wish I had a white southern mansion. Well, I never got that white southern mansion, so to speak. Just remember, when God speaks to us in dreams and visions, 
it's a lot of it's symbolic and metaphorical, right? It's telling us something. It's indicating something. So I knew that experience was really from the Lord. I shared it with a few people. And of course, I got the normal scorns from people when you tell them something like that. Don't you just love that? You tell somebody something that you feel like is really from the Lord, yet it's unclear and unfinished, and you get scorn feeling. You feel like a fool after you tell them. You feel like you should have kept your mouth shut. You know, you feel ridiculous. Well, I did feel that way, but I still believed it. Well, something happened to me this year. Now, that, I had that vision probably back in 210. This year I had a dream about that same, it was the exact same mansion. Okay, but this time, this time, I didn't just see the mansion. I saw everything around the mansion. I saw vineyards. I saw gardens. I saw places for play. I saw forests for hunting. Okay? I saw rivers flowing on this property. I saw this huge, huge field that was as lush and green as anything I ever seen. I saw the whole thing. And I thought, I've been in, I've been in that house. I've been in that house. And I, had, I was thinking about it. That scripture I just read to you. Faith gives us access to all the riches. Now, where are those riches at? They're in us. Right? Everything's in you. The kingdom's in you. And this is what the Lord said. You, you, Byron, you're that southern mansion. That's what you are. Right? I'm a southern person. I have thought that's right anyway, right? And God wants us to be able to access who we really are. Because in God's eyes, I'm a southern mansion. I'm a plantation. I'm a beautiful place. I'm full of life on the inside. That's how God looks at me. You may not think that, but you know, that's fine for you not to think that. God will show you how wrong you are at some point. <laughs> you know, you'll have to repent and change your mind. But inside of everybody in this room is some kind of revelation. It's something that God wants you to tap into. He wants you to access the thing that's really real inside of you. Because that's what the world really needs. They need that thing in you. Whatever it is, however it looks like, big or little, it doesn't matter. It's yours. God, that's how God created you. That's how God made you. And he wants to release that. And this year, I believe God's going to release faith for people to be able to access not just things out here, but access things in here. Access the kingdom of heaven that's inside of you. That's really, really powerful thing. Okay, so, are y'all right? So, I'm just going to wait a minute here, and I'm going to think about this. I want you to think about this with me. What needs to be restored in your life? What, what are some things you feel like God, that you want God to restore in your life? I'm probably everybody could save some finances, right? You know, spiritual gifts, maybe anointing, ministry. Some of you have lost ministry. I, I'm just saying, God, God wants to restore it. That's what God wants to do. He wants to restore that. There's relationships that people have lost. God wants to restore it. Becky mentioned last week when she was preaching that even people who have lost loved ones. Somehow, God wants to bring a restoration inside your heart over that loss. That person's probably not wanting to come back to earth. You know, they're in heaven with the Lord, and they're like, why would I do that? But God wants to do something in your heart. He wants to restore something in your heart that you lost. Some of you have lost spouses, divorce, or some of you have lost your, some of you lost your dream. You've lost the dream that God put in you. You lost everything when you lost that dream. And you feel like you can't get back there. And God is saying, you can't get back there, but I can get you back there. I can restore every bit of that for you. I will do that for you. I'll help you. That's what God would say to people. I'll help you. 
will help you. You got to give him a chance to help you today. I think a lot of people have experienced some restoration, but there's still some people that are that are not. They, you have a chance, and God is saying, that's what I want to do in your life. I want to restore you. I want to fix your life. I want to do something for you. That's, that's the God we serve. That's the God who saved us. Some of you have lost your health. And you, you've, you've relegated yourself to a life of not being healthy anymore. And that's not the heart of God the Father. He wants to restore your health. So, hey, Debbie. You think you could share that? It's time. You know Debbie, Debbie Greathead. Let's give Debbie Greathead a big hand. You know, I think one thing the Lord tell you, it's time for you to start living up to your name. Right? Deborah. She, she sent me this email, something that happened to her. And I, I, we traded emails back and forth for a bit because I was really trying to get a handle on what she was saying. And I felt like it was really the Lord. Well, just what happened to you and what you feel like God said he wanted to do. I'm going to grab my phone <laughs> so I can read it. Mess. <laughs> I should have grabbed my glasses. Okay. <laughs> I, think I, I think I just didn't like it. Um, <laughs> thank you. Uh, I just, this is what I wrote to Pastor Byron. I said, I want to share with you two experiences I've had in the last two weeks. First, I was cleaning one of my client's houses, and I had cleaned the kitchen and went as far as the living room, and all of a sudden, I was just a puddle in the middle of the floor. And at first, I thought that I was exhausted, and that was the reason I was <laughs> crying in the middle of the floor. Or I thought maybe depression was coming on me. And so all of a sudden, when I was just down there weeping, the Lord spoke to me. And he said that he's going to pour out finances on his church. And this is the year for a financial blessing. But it also came with a warning. The Lord also told, to, told me that it's going to be one of the most dangerous times in the church's history. And then I heard lavish lifestyles. So I feel like that was a warning from the Lord for us that this year as God prospers us, that uh, we are to be careful what we do with his prosperity. And I really didn't feel like that he meant that we were not to enjoy the blessing of the Lord because he means for us to enjoy it. But I did feel like that he meant for us to be careful what we did with it. And the other one, um, I was laying in bed and I was asleep and the Lord just woke me up and I was praying, but it, well, I wasn't praying. It was like the spirit was praying through me and this is what I was praying when I woke up. God, we open all the doors that we have closed to you in our hearts. We, did, whoa. <laughs> we desire to absorb the kingdom of God in the reality that you meant it to be in our lives. So that was the other thing that the Lord spoke to me. Okay, one other thing. <laughs> 
since, don't ever give a woman preacher a mic. <laughs> uh, when I, during praise and worship, I was sitting over there, and I'm not a football person. A lot of you ladies are, but I'm not a football person. But I heard touchdown, game point for King Jesus. So if you need that. <laughs> yeah, amen. That's great, isn't it? Cause, and I think the financial thing, you know, you can get anybody to say yes on that. I mean, if you want to have an altar call, this is a secret. If you're a preacher and you want to have an altar call, just say finances. Everybody, like, yes, I'm in, I'm in. finances. <laughs> but I feel like that was a, I felt that was a real word for the Lord for people. One is because God has been restoring people's finances. And that's something he wants to do more is financially restore people. Okay, but like she said, it's bigger than what we think, and so God had to warn, like, this is not for you just to consume it, but it's something, you know, to, to handle it with open hands. Amen? Yeah. And, and the other thing about the ones who've closed doors in your life to God, God really is asking you to open the door where you've closed them off in your life. And if you'll open the door to the Lord, the Lord will, will help you. The Lord will come into your, into your heart and into your mind in a, in a new way and, and do some things for you. I think that's really important this year. Amen? So I wanted to pray for you right quick. And I just pray for the joy of the Lord to come on you have strength you'd have strength for those who are weak you'd have strength if you came to this church in the last two years you've you've got to see me at my weakest place in my entire life but the joy of the Lord will really give you strength when I started Receiving more revelation on joy, my strength started returning to me. My confidence started returning to me. My life, my joy, the things that I was put on this earth for, the purposes, all that just started coming alive in me. And it really came in the last few weeks, it just like God just started tying it all together for me. And I believe God wants to do that for every, every soul, every soul, every soul. So I pray for you. I pray, Lord, Lord, only you, you have the power of impartation. Lord, you are reaching for the weak today. You're reaching for those who are without strength. You're reaching for us today, Lord. We are declaring that we are those without strength. Uh, someone gave us a word recently about the church at Philadelphia. And, uh, you know, that's a church, one of the two churches that didn't get fussed at by Jesus in the book of Revelation. And it said, the Lord blessed them. He said, you, you have little strength. That's what he said about that church. But he said, I put a door, I've opened a door for you that nobody can close. I've opened a door for you. And see, when we find ourselves little strength, God is saying, I've opened my door. Now, the only door that's closed would be your door. And see, the only thing we have to do today is, Lord, I don't even know if I can get my door open. You know what God will say? It's okay, I'll open it for you. All you've got to do is give me permission to open that door. That's, that's all you have to do. If you're saying today, I just can't do this. I can't do this. I can't. I'm not willing to. If you'll just say to the Lord, but Lord, I'll take one more chance with you. I can't open the door, but I'm going to let you open it. And I believe when you do that, you're going to find God... In a, new, in a new and fresh way in your life. We just thank you for that, Lord. Just take a minute here and let people... Just let the Lord touch you. I'm getting Becky up here to bail me out. Why don't we all just stand up? This morning I read in the book of Hosea where there was actually a door of hope that opened. And um, 
that's that was coming out of a bad situation too so people rebelled and sin and all that so but there's a door of hope this morning being opened so lord we just reach out this morning we reach out from the dust lord we rejoice in the simple gospel lord that your power is made perfect in our weakness it always has been about that. Lord, and we thank you for the door of hope that is being opened for 2016 in our hearts, in our minds, in our situations. Lord, we just take it. We reach. We just open that door right now and say yes to it, Lord. That door of hope. Lord, where we've lost vision, where we've lost finances. Lord, we're opening that door this morning, Lord God. And we say yes to it for restoration. Holy Spirit, your work is restoration. So we say, yes, bring the restoration, Lord. Thank you. Bring the full restoration. We've seen inklings of it. So now we're saying full restoration, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We just receive that. We just invite the uh, ministry team on up now. We want to pray for you this morning. Just let the ministry team pray over you for that restoration, whether it be your health, your finances, relationships, jobs, opportunities, dreams, all of that. We're just saying, Lord, we want, we want that restoration, and we want to go for it, Lord. We want to contend for that this morning. So thank you, Lord. We're going to let the ministry team pray for people. Otherwise, you can be released. Just be blessed in the power of his might. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being here and speaking today. We're just going to go out of here full, Lord, full, and in faith, faith for restoration in our lives, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Be blessed. We love you guys. <laughs>